Well, good morning. <clears throat> it's been a while, I know. I've been sick. And uh, you can probably still heal it, uh, heal it, hear it. Um, so this morning, uh, I was just noticing something pretty important. Um, a misunderstanding of something is vital, pardon the pun, you'll see it soon. Something is vitally important as chi, or ki, or however you want to say it. That Chinese, um, Asian conception, not strictly Chinese, but most people see it as Chinese, qi, arguably, um, I won't say that. Um, that's what I realized. So people don't really understand where this flows. So the idea of qi, meaning... And there is a number of definitions, like a dozen different definitions, especially when you go back to the traditional Chinese character. It meant breath, but also meant life. also meant energy. It meant everything in one and blah, 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 the path away. And so it's a little bit, a little bit different. Um, that's originally. Okay? And in fact, you go back even further, and the character, Qi, uh, actually meant... Uh, to give an offering of food or something like that. So, like, it's the same as um, the Chinese character for a Buddhist temple used to be a government building. And again, don't quote me on this. I mean, you know what I mean? It, 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 there's no specific. Same as when you say something like, how to, how to, it's okay, it sounds good, it's great, it's no problem. You know, it's multiple meanings. Um, so, here we are at the issue with qi. Now, the reason why we were discussing it this morning was Qigong. Qigong actually helps identify the differences in both, not just the meaning, but the intent. Okay? So there's a number of words that can be confused. Uh, the one that's commonly discussed is um, the two Chinese characters used for the Buddhist perspective or uh, concept of sunyata or emptiness. Uh, that's the, the Sanskrit. And I'll go back to Sanskrit even for this. So here we are. We're in uh, the modern age. I use Jikung to help with pain and uh, discomfort. And uh, I use Jikung. Really, you know, I was hardly able to even move for a long time. And as it was intended. So let's talk about where Jikung comes from. Because in doing so, we can actually talk about where the term Qi actually flows, the modern turn. And when I say modern, I'm talking about the one from the last 1,500 years. There was an idea of qi prior to that with Confucius and Taoism, but I'll also explain why that no longer applies. So here we are, qi. What is qi? Qi is breath. It is life force. It is energy, okay? It's simple. Uh, it's, it's far too complicated to really... Uh, you know, but it's at the same time very simple. It's really um, everything in a sense because when you break apart qigong, that means the way of the breath. No, qigong is a movement, not a lot of movement. Yes, breath is a big thing, but when we go back to the root, right? If cultivation of the breath. Is it simply just breathing in and out? No, it was much more complicated than that. It goes back to pranayama in India. So let's talk about where qigong comes from and the change between qi before and after this particular change. So here we are.
Taoism in China. I won't explain exactly. It, it was up and down depending on the dynasties. It was quite complicated. But so coming out of India was a gentleman by the name of Bodhidharma. Uh, in Chinese, he's known as Putidamo. Okay, uh, he's got names in Korea and Vietnam and and Japan because he brought a new form of Buddhism, much uh, direct and to the point, and I argue one that at its heart was just about practice or this cultivation or this what you could see um, from the outside as just breathing, as just sitting like in Zazen with Zen. But what he did bring in... Uh, initially, was the Buddha's teachings. So that became embraced by China. Now, that was the very beginnings of this confusion of terms and characters. So Bodhidharma, of course, did pick the best term to represent the Sanskrit words. As I mentioned, in China, they have more than one uh, character they use to represent um, shunyata, or emptiness, voidness. In English, we use different. I ran into that recently with the Heart Sutra. Um, I don't like when they say body. I prefer form. Um, body is almost saying, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the same idea that, and this this is where it flows from. I don't believe that cultivation, meditation, samadhi, mindfulness is simply concentrating on the breath because same as concentrating on the body, um, you're concentrating on what you're trying to overcome, okay? Or better, depending on how you see it. So, Buddhism was brought into China initially by Bodhidharma, um, and he was making travels back and forth. What he found upon a return trip to China is he taught these Chinese, and this is maybe where this confusion came in, he taught these Chinese how to meditate, the practice, which flowed from India, Bodhidharma being an Indian sage, also the, the 28th patriarch of Buddhism, but the first patriarch of Zen Buddhism, um, arguably maybe the first patriarch of Tiantai as well, neither here nor there, practice is practice. He, at that point, was teaching them a samadhi, uh, a practice, which you would call a jhana yoga. Um, so he was teaching them to sit and be, and the whole process is a different thing to talk about. And this is where this has all come up, is my research of, of what's missing in our practice here, particularly in the West, but now I'm realizing it's missing in the East as well. So he taught them to sit, and all they did was sit. And upon a return visit, he found, oh boy, man, they are not healthy because all they've been doing is sitting. And I've proven that myself because I got so sick with a particular disease. I was unable to do almost anything and I literally had to sit for nearly nine years myself. And in that time, uh, pranayama, which is the practice of breathing, breathing to cultivate your energy, as well as jikang, um, is what kept me strong and healthy. So was it just breathing? No, no, it certainly wasn't because Bodhidharma actually taught these monks Qigong because just sitting and breathing was actually not getting them there. In fact, was actually being negative um, to their health. So what is qi? Qigong, the way of qi, it's obviously not breath because they just sat there and they got sick. He had to teach them this new movement exercise. So what is qi? Qi is vital force. It is a term that does predate Bodhidharma's um, entry into China. It was a Taoist term that meant, you know, 
something maybe a little bit different. Um, if you look at the traditional Chinese character, like I said, it goes back far enough. It means something completely different. But just the Chinese character itself, you have to understand, has multiple meanings. Just about every character can have not just multiple meanings, but subtle nuances, right? So that's why character choice was important. He chose um, qi for a reason, because it truly did mean both breath, which in yoga is prana, breath, but also life force, vital force. Um, I mean, arguably prana, which is what um, he was trying to translate from the Sanskrit. Prana uh, is everything. I mean, uh, all that makes up, um, you know, it's our breath, it's our energy, it's, you know. Um, so that's what he was trying to translate, not dissimilar from um, his translation of jhana uh, into chana, into chan, which in China uh, moved to Japan and Vietnam and Korea, and it's known um, by a different term in each country. Uh, not unlike uh, qi, which is ki, you know, I mean, different countries call it different, but the term. Where does it flow from? So, if Bodhidharma came out of India teaching the monks Buddhism and then returned and found Buddhism wanting, then he would have embraced Taoism. He didn't. Um, he doubled down on the Buddhism and, as I said, became the, the first patriarch of Zen Buddhism. So he was teaching Buddhism. He was teaching a tradition that flowed from India, which arguably flows from the yoga tradition um, and can be seen from maybe the first uh, country to be introduced to the Dharma by Bodhidharma, uh, Tibet. Uh, they still consider their practices yoga. Okay, And so that practice is the cultivation of oneself, of one's vital force, of one's prana, of one's energy, of one's life force. Sure, call it breath if you wish. But it's not simply the one thing. So that's what makes me surprised. So not only, uh, and I didn't get into this, but uh, modern history has kind of changed some of this because um, uh, a certain Chinese gentleman on a cultural revolution uh, chose to infuse um, the culture with Taoism again, even though arguably um, Buddhism... Uh, was a rejection of uh, the same uh, philosophy. Uh, so it's, it's infected, and this is where my research began, as I find that Taoism has infected Chinese Buddhism to the point where it is even convoluting um, the, the teachings. Uh, and then I found this with the Jikang. So I'm finding a lot of people uh, looking to learn a, a, an excellent, excellent uh, art or practice, Jikang, um, but they're learning it from Taoists, right? And sadly, not really what we're looking at here, right? Because Bodhidharma taught a particular way. Uh, there was a meditation practice that predates. I mean, the Taoists were doing Taoist meditation. So if that's what your intention is, it's a different process. Uh, Jikang flows from uh, an Indian tradition, a Buddhist tradition, a Vedic tradition, maybe, but certainly not from the Taoists. Um, Bodhidharma used terms and teachings um, to help explain the Dharma. Uh, he utilized the Tao and even uh, Confucianism to help explain the teachings. Um, 
you know, and something can be said when you say as far as Chan and Zen, if the teachings is correct in Taoism, it, it can be correct as well. But that's not where this is coming from, right? That's where the confusion flows here, is it's not the same as Taoism. In this case, it's not, because Taoist meditation was much different. Their idea of energy cultivation <clears throat> was much different, but again, it also makes me wonder why anyone would misunderstand what qi is in Chinese, even if you're, you're a Taoist, but neither here nor there. Um, if you're a Taoist, you're not a Buddhist, right? And that's the difference. So a little confusion has come in, because if you're a Buddhist practicing qigong, or you're a layperson practicing Qigong, you don't really have a problem with someone who's a Taoist practicing Qigong. But, I mean, it seems that if you're a Taoist, you have a problem with other people not practicing it in the same sort of context. I may have misunderstood that. Um, but again, it's also a denial of the reality that um, the term was used to translate a Sanskrit word, um, the words obviously fail. It's the meaning that matters. So arguing, but honestly, let's be honest. If you really are um, trying to learn, if you're trying to better yourself, I don't understand what this closed-minded, um, but I don't even want to go down that road. That was a completely separate experience. Um but it's not uncommon that people uh, misunderstand, and that's what I was going to get at. So it's a little convoluted here. It was uh, a gentleman who misunderstood Chi, uh, wanted to argue, and it's not the first time I've seen it, wanted to argue that it's not energy. Um, he wanted to argue it was breath. It's one of the first times I've seen that argument. I've seen people argue it in different ways, the, missing the point if you're arguing about it at all especially if you don't understand where it comes from, uh, being a translation of prana from the Sanskrit, um, at which, honestly, you got to love the internet. When I started studying this stuff, there was no such thing. You know, I used to have to keep a dictionary, a special Buddhist dictionary, or, you know, a Hindu, special, special uh, uh, research materials around. Now you just have to open up a browser. So I don't understand. I don't understand why people aren't. Um, striving to learn in this day and age. I can see someone wanting something explained, but just to argue based on their position. I see a lot of cult of personality, right? Oh, my teacher says. Oh, that's really sad. It really is. And then they use these, these well, you don't understand this, or you don't understand that. Well, the sad part is, is most of this has been lost to history. Full stop, right? Because of the Cultural Revolution, um, they reinfused uh, any um, history with way too much of the, it's just all tainted at this point. Um, so our job is to find, um, like I always say, take what works and leave the rest, right? So in this case, um, like the Buddha taught, you don't accept anything as gospel. You don't accept anything firsthand. Um, but the same thing can be said uh, well, no, it's no different. It's the same, right? So when we're looking, you know, it's Indian Buddhism, it's Pali, there's uh, Sanskrit, then there's the Chinese Buddhism, Japanese Buddhism, you know, there's different types of Buddhism. So really, that's the biggest problem. Uh, you don't accept anything as gospel because our goal is wisdom. 
right? Wisdom is the opposite of ignorance. Wisdom is understanding. Wisdom is knowledge. Um, neither of which can be achieved um, with a, a zealot, zealotry. Uh, just being silly. Um, neither of which, uh, knowledge or, or understanding or wisdom, none of which can be achieved um, without an open heart. I know that's a cliche thing. I just mean, like, instead of telling, you got to be able to listen, right? I mean, um, I mean, as far as this experience this morning, I never realized there was that depth of a misunderstanding, right? Um, but then I also didn't realize that I'm a little luckier than most as far as my understanding. I mean, I, I've been able to research this for 30 plus years. Being in Canada, arguably, maybe I'm lucky. Um, maybe I lucked out uh, the Tibetan, plus maybe even uh, the French, um, being connected with Vietnam for so long. You know, who knows where it flows? But um, we shouldn't be arguing about uh, who's right, who's wrong. I mean, it's, it's literally the teachings that matter. Like I said, um, my issue with, with uh, being a Taoist and practicing Qigong is it doesn't matter except for you want it to work, is all. I don't know. I just tend to ramble on too much. And that's all I wanted to get across, right? What is Qi? When Bodhidharma came to China, he chose the most appropriate word. There was a word in Taoism called qi, and it meant breath, it meant vital energy and all that jazz. So to him, it sounded perfect, right? I'm trying to translate prana, so here you go. Um, and a friend of mine mentioned it once again, and it's true. I mean, we're all going back to the source. Uh, most of us Buddhists are going back to the Pali, um, if, I mean, a lot of us had gone back to the Sanskrit, but being Mahayanists, but a lot of us are going back to Pali. I mean, not to change what we believe, but just to get a, a clear picture of um, the teachings, a simpler, um, unadorned teaching. I mean, the example is um, there's a retreat coming up the end of December. And it's the Shirogama Sutra. They're going to recite both the mantra and the sutra. Shirogama is an excellent sutra for teaching, um, well, teaching uh, Mahayana Buddhism, Bodhicitta. Um, but. <laughs> It's got a lot of fanciful stuff in there. It works. The example I'll give is, say, when you're imagining your offerings going up to the Buddha's heaven. It's not about imagining the Buddha hanging around in some little heaven somewhere. It's about your visualization. It's another um, practice, like Jigang, visualization. You're focusing on um, listening to yourself recite. You're, you're focusing your mind on the flowers that you're offering, um, filling the uh, sky and the universe. And then the Shurgama mantra itself is you're picturing a big energy parasol that hopefully covers the entire earth, protecting us from calamity, making big um, 
uh, troubles into small ones. And, you know, that's where that flows from. So here we are, 20 minutes. I don't know if I got across what I really wanted to get across. Hopefully you enjoy just listening to a guy ramble on about esoteric subjects for 20 plus minutes. Otherwise, I don't know my market. <laughs> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's Thursday. Hope everyone's having a great day, and I'll talk to you uh, when we do the next.